This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Here we go. It's the Black and Blue Report Friday edition. Welcome in, everybody, to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from Arizona once again. Sean Kelly here with you as the Pelicans uh, continue their trip out west. That means I stay out west, and uh, it's 70 degrees here today in, in Phoenix, Arizona, so I'll take it, that's for sure. Pelicans and Suns tonight, and, of course, we've got Monday Night Football now on the horizon as we get set for I guess probably a big holiday weekend for many. I, you know, with the Saints playing on uh, Monday night and the Pelicans not playing again until Sunday night, of course, after tonight's action, uh, I think this conveniently allows a lot of folks to uh, holiday party it a little bit, the last-minute Christmas shopping, just enjoy a great weekend. So we're teed up and ready to go on this Friday, and uh, so glad that you're with us. We were uh, pretty excited last night, the the fellas and myself out here in Arizona, well, many of us went to go see Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, no spoilers here on this podcast, I promise. I'll just say it's very, very good. And uh, I have no doubts that it will shatter every movie box office record ever seen. So, uh, fun time last night. Ryan Anderson and myself spent probably a good 30 minutes after the movie uh, debating the different topics uh, of the show and uh, certainly theories and everything else. Uh, both of us are big Star Wars junkies, and so uh, enjoyable time last night. And uh, the team is back to work this morning and getting ready for tonight's basketball game. It's going to be a late night tonight. Uh, I know that uh, 940 tip-off, 940 tip-off central time. The game is nationally televised on ESPN, so those of you listening to our podcast outside the New Orleans metro area, you'll be able to see your Pelicans play uh, tonight against the Phoenix Suns. So it's a an 11 and 16 Suns team and a 7 and 18 New Orleans team, and in some ways, I feel like those records probably should be flipped. Seeing as New Orleans has beaten Phoenix twice, Phoenix has lost two straight coming into this thing, and and seemingly are in some disarray. There's an internal strife with the Suns right now. Things have not been looking so good for them. They have a difficult homestand here uh, with New Orleans in town tonight, and then Milwaukee. On a Sunday, the Bucks team, as, as you all know, is pretty dangerous. And then they go on the road at Utah. So Phoenix's problems um, may continue through the weekend. And with regard to the Pelicans, I'm kind of sensing a, a little bit of a change here. And I hope that I'm not jumping the gun on this. But yesterday at practice, the, Sun, or the, uh, the Pelicans were uh, almost a different-looking and sounding team. This all from the road win at Utah the other night. And so one win may not make a huge difference, but... It just might be the spark that New Orleans has been looking for. And just listening to Anthony Davis and the others, um, I'm hoping that that's the case. Now, of course, if they if they lay an egg tonight, all that good feeling goes away. But if they build on the Utah win with a good performance and, more importantly, a win tonight at Phoenix, this may get rolling here and head toward that nationally televised game on Christmas Day against the Miami Heat. So all good stuff. There's a good feeling right now around the basketball team. So I'm trying not to mention 7 and 18 a whole lot because uh, it's a long climb back up to um, not only a winning record but playoff contention. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And uh, we'll be eager to broadcast for you tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network starting at, uh, let's see here, 9.49, 9 o'clock your time <laughs> uh, in, 
the Central Time Zone. And, of course, there will be television coverage, too, for the local uh, folks at Fox Sports New Orleans. We're going to talk uh, with Alvin Gentry today on the Black and Blue Report. Last night was his last radio show until the new year. Uh, so we discussed, obviously, the win from uh, Utah the other night and what lies ahead this weekend. But we also talked about different players developing now as finally this team, with the exception of Quincy Pondexter, is finally intact and back from all the injuries. So we'll have a little bit of an encore uh, performance of Alvin Gentry's radio show on today's Black and Blue Report. And then on the football side, we'll uh, kind of learn a little bit more today about the opponent, the Detroit Lions, who are heading to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome for Monday Night Football. Tim Twentyman, the senior writer and insider for DetroitLions.com, is back with us today. He gives us a great look into what the Lions are all about here late in the season. You know, they had a horrible start. They had a little bit of a win streak, but now they've lost two in a row. And uh, Lance Moore and the Lions will be back uh, in New Orleans on Monday. So there's our Friday show for you, and we're getting set for the big holiday weekend. We'll take our first break, and when we come back, we'll start the conversation up with Tim Twentyman and DetroitLions.com. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday, December 26th at 6 p.m. when the division rival Houston Rockets come to town. The first 12,000 fans receive a free Pelicans t-shirt, courtesy of Morris Bart. Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 4.30 with live music by Five Finger Discount, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole bunch more. See an all-star battle with Anthony Davis taking on James Harden and Dwight Howard. Tickets are limited. Visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. The Harlem Globetrotters bring their 90th anniversary world tour to the Smoothie King Center for two shows Saturday, April 2nd. Witness some of the world's best athletes execute unbelievable feats of ball handling, trick shots, and comedy. It's the team's most epic tour in 90 years and a lifelong memory in the making. Score your tickets at Ticketmaster.com and don't miss your chance to get in on the action at the Smoothie King Center Saturday, April 2nd at 2 and 7 p.m. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing First Down Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Tim Twentyman is back with us here on the podcast. He's been with us before. Of course, he's the senior writer and insider for DetroitLions.com. Uh, happy holidays, Tim. I hope things are well in Detroit. Yeah, they are. You know, Other than the fact that the uh, Detroit Lions aren't uh, winning a whole lot of football games of late, uh, it, it, it's, it's uh, unseasonably warm here, and happy holidays to you as well. Thank you very much. Um, I'm hoping. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let me let's let's talk about the last two here for Detroit. There's two losses in a row. The Packers, I can understand. The Rams are a bit of a surprise. And in fact, when I'm looking at Detroit all season long, I can't help but be surprised. Sometimes pleasantly surprised. Sometimes disappointingly so. Is that kind of how the whole season's gone? Yeah, you know that that that's it, that you hit the nail on the head. It's the inconsistency from week to week. And you look over their three game stretch. And I'll include that game against Green Bay, too, because you, know, you lose on a Hail Mary like that. They played good enough to win that football game. But 
you know, during that stretch, they're, they're playing unbelievable defense. You know, no team runs for more than 68 yards. They're moving the ball on offense. They're being, you know, multidimensional, being able to run and pass the football. And then, you know, after that loss to Green Bay, you get 11 days to prepare for, uh, you know, a St. Louis team that, that really wasn't playing good football. They lost five straight, and you allow 203 yards on the ground. Um, your inability to protect Matthew Stafford, you can't move the football. You only score twice when it was being very late in the game. So, yeah, and that's been this whole story with the Lions is you'll see them play one brand of football this week, and then next week it's a completely opposite brand of football. And, and I think as a front office, as a coaching staff, you, you just really have to be perplexed by that. No doubt, no doubt. How have things changed, though, with a change at offensive coordinator? Are, are they are they different in their look? Are they more efficient in any way? What's been the benefits of making that, that change? Yeah, they certainly were there. You know, they had a stretch of, of you know, three consecutive games where, where they had won. They had played efficiently on offense. Um, you know, they had run the football a little bit better. And, and I think the biggest difference is Matthew Stafford, you know, has taken care of the football. That's the biggest difference from the first eight games of the year to, um, you know, the last you know, five or six games. He's only had two interceptions over that span um, where he had 12 the first eight weeks of the season. So I think that's really when, when you talk about the biggest difference is, um, you know, using the short passing game, allowing guys like Theo Riddick and, and Golden Tate to make plays after the catch, um, limiting some of the bad decisions and limiting some of the turnovers. And that's been, I think, the biggest difference with this offense. But along with that, you're limiting some of the big plays down the field. We're not seeing, you know, Calvin Johnson and, and some of the big plays that we've been used to in the past with Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. I think that's maybe tailored a little bit to help Matthew Stafford control some of the turnovers and be more efficient on offense. So it's, it's been a give and take, but for the most part, it's been positive since moving on from Joe Lombardi. Okay. I get the, I get the whole idea of being um, more careful with the football or more protective and avoiding big, big turnovers on big play potential, you know, situations with Calvin Johnson. But in some ways do the lions, have they limited themselves because, Megatron has not been Megatron. Do you get where I'm going with this? It seems like sure. It's like I don't know if you're not not selling your soul here, but you're. It seems like you're you're limiting yourself with such a guy like him. Help me with this. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're right. You know, I, last week they didn't have one explosive play of 20 plus yards. Last week, that was the second time that's happened. Um, this season, and, and you just don't see that with a player like Calvin Johnson. The past, he had one catch for 16 yards last week. He almost broke a streak of 131 straight games without a catch. And the week before, he only had 44 yards. And um, So you're right in the fact that they need to find ways to get their best player of the football down the field more. Uh, he's only got a 100-yard game this season. That was an overtime for Chicago. He had 11 100-yard games in 2012. He had seven in 2013. He had five last year. Um, for some reason... Um, and I think protection is part of it. I think, you know, the, the emergence of, of Golden Tate and Theo Riddick um, as viable passing options have kind of contributed to this too, um, his decline in production. But they need to get back to running the routes and making the throws that made this offense explosive and successful, and that's getting Calvin Johnson the ball down the field. This week against the Saints, as you know, they've had problems limiting the big plays in the passing game. So I expect, you know, at least, a few shots, Matthew Stafford to Calvin Johnson down the field this week. Okay, so so let me ask you this. There's nothing wrong with Calvin Johnson, right? I, you know, he's 30 years old. He's in his ninth year. Has he lost a step? I, I think he could maybe make that argument. Um, but he's still 
plenty big enough. He's still plenty fast enough. We saw against Philadelphia that when you try to cover him one-on-one, you know, he had three touchdowns in that game um, that he can hurt you. And so I think it's just a situation where you have to – I don't think he's maybe the same guy that you go downfield and he jumps over four guys and makes the catch. I, I don't know if he's that guy anymore. Um, you know, he is 30. He's taking a beating. But he's still a guy that can get down the field and make plays, especially when coverage dictates that. And Lions need to do a better job of finding those situations and when they see them, taking advantage of them and throwing the football to Calvin Johnson so he can make a play down the field. Speaking of wide receivers, has Lance Moore said anything this week about returning to New Orleans to play? Yeah, yeah. You know, I talked to Lance in the locker room yesterday about that. He was excited. He said he still had a lot of friends down there. Uh, you know, you talked briefly about how that situation went down in, in, in 2013 where he found out he was released on Twitter. Um, you know, said that was, you know, not the best moment for, for the Northern franchise, and he didn't appreciate that. But he talked glowingly about the time there. Um, you know, his first catch in 2007 at Seattle. This was such a catch, excuse me, after his grandfather had, had passed away the Super Bowl, obviously, mm-hmm. in 2009. He's got a lot of great memories that he's looking forward to the game. And I think his career's kind of been rejuvenated here in Detroit. He's been a nice weapon in the slot. He's got four touchdowns. And so, um, you know, it, it should be a, a, a fun um, coming home party for him on Monday. Yeah, I think so. I think we're all excited to see him. Tim Twentyman with us here from DetroitLions.com. Uh, Tim, what should Saints fans know about the Detroit defense? Well, Sigianza, <laughs> I think, is, is the one and name that you should know. You know, 13 and a half sack season is the third year out of BYU. And, you know, maybe some Saints fans don't know this, but he picked up football um, as a sophomore in BYU, had never played it before. Um, so, you know, he only had three years of playing experience before entering the NFL. Now in his third year with the Lions, he's second in the NFL with 13 and a half sacks. He's tied with J.J. Watt, only trails Khalil Mack. Um, he's been really a terror. He's, he's also, you know, tied for the NFL League with forced fumbles. Um, he's been terrific on the edge. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl player this year. He's going to be a perennial Pro, Pro Bowl player moving forward. And I think uh, when the Saints sit down to game plan this, they have to know where number 94 is because uh, he can change a game as we've seen um, certainly this season. Without a doubt. Um, with three to go here for Detroit, what's what's been the, I guess, the rallying cry? Uh, you know, we saw that a little bit with the Saints. They go out and they and they performed very well last week. Kind of almost turned the whole conversation around in the city of New Orleans about how the season may or may not finish for the Saints and what that would mean going forward. What's that conversation been like here for the Lions? Well, I think when, when owner Martha Firestone Ford came in midseason and fired President Tom Lawan, fired general manager Martin Mayhew, um, when there was a big coaching, you know, shift when, when Joe Lombardi was fired. I mean, you guys know very well down there in, uh, in New Orleans. I think the players saw that as well. Well, our, our owner's not really messing around here. Uh, she certainly isn't as patient as her late husband. She wants to win, and she's mandated that on this team. And I think as a player, you can look at that and say, I've got three games to – uh, play for my job because there are going to be some changes after this season. Um, and, and then I think maybe to, you know, playing on Monday night, that certainly helps. They still have one more home game. It'll be their final home game next week. You know, players can always get up for that as well. Um, so I, I think this, this Monday night game is good timing for them. They were eliminated from the playoffs last year. But as you know, playing on Monday night, playing in a place like the Superdome, um, you know, well-respected place around the league, a tough environment to play, and you can certainly get up for that. So the schedule, you know, certainly worked out for the Lions, and 
these guys are playing for their jobs, so they certainly have plenty to play for these last few weeks. Yeah, New Orleans, then San Francisco, then at Chicago. This Tim, this may not be a fair question for you um, because you're writing for DetroitLions.com, but is the head coach in any kind of trouble here? Have there been enough changes made that, that he's okay, or is he coaching for his job, to be cliche about this? Yeah, you know, he's coaching for his job, certainly. Um, you know, I think some of the decisions that were made um, in the Green Bay game specifically, you know, they were, you know, defending a lateral play. It turned out that they weren't ready at all for the Hail Mary. I think you reflect back on coaching, you know, what we talked about earlier um, with some of the stuff with Calvin Johnson, that, you know, Golden Tate after the loss um, in St. Louis, that, you know, how are we not getting Calvin Johnson involved early in the game? You know, when he's our guy, he's our bell cow, everything plays off him. So, you know, players were questioning the coaching as well. So, and certainly that's a, that's a certainly a fair question. Now he was 11 and five, brought the team to the playoffs last year. Um, but they've flopped this year. They started one and seven. They weren't able to rally in the second half. And, um, you know, the new general manager is obviously going to want to put his stamp on the football game. If Jim Caldwell is part of that, um, you know, we'll see the first couple weeks in January. All right, okay. Hey, listen, as far as putting together a game preview, quote-unquote, story uh, for Monday night's game, what will your lead be here for Lions at Saints? If you like defense, this probably isn't the greatest you know, game to watch here. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think you've got, obviously, uh, the Saints have an explosive passing attack. Um, you look at the Lions, um, they're going to get on track. They've got weapons with Calvin Johnson, Eric Eber on Golden Tate. You know, we've talked about them not using um, – you know, Calvin Johnson enough, but I think that changes this week against a, a Saints secondary, a Saints defense. It's really struggled all year, though they are playing better recently after some of the changes. But you know, I think there's going to be offensive football. I think if you like big plays, if you like passing, if you like big runs, uh, this is going to be the game to watch. I don't think there's going to be uh, a whole lot of defense being played in this one. Yeah, and I think a national television audience will enjoy that aspect of the uh, matchup on Monday, that's for sure. Um, are you traveling with the team this weekend? Are you coming down to our fair city? I am, I am. Do you have any restaurant recommendations? You know, I love a good uh, shrimp po' boy. You know, I, I love, I, you know, I was down there for the Super Bowl um, when, it was, when it was in New Orleans. We've actually played there a few times the last uh, uh, couple of years, and so I, I love the city. I love the food. So if you got a good uh, shrimp po' boy place for me, I, I, I'd love it. I'd love the recommendation. Well, you, you can start making a list with Parkway and then go from there, but I have a feeling <laughs> that you'd have to work very hard to find a bad meal uh, in New Orleans. <laughs> I think you'll fare just fine. Safe travels, Tim. Again, happy holidays, and we'll see you on Monday night. All right, same to you guys. You got it. Tim Twentyman, senior writer and insider for DetroitLions.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that, so we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, 
Healthcare with peace of mind. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackie, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, we continue from my hotel room here in Arizona. Uh, we'll be preparing for the uh, Suns and Pelicans tonight and to help us do so on the Black and Blue Report at least. I want to share with you last night's Alvin Gentry show. Here's a good portion of my visit with the Pelicans head coach. Coach, first of all, welcome back. Good to see your family, I'm sure. Yeah, it is good. It's, it's really good to see the family. And uh, the, the weather is not exactly great, but uh, it's great compared to where we just were. <laughs> yeah, it's like, for those uh, wondering, it's it's in the mid-50s today in Phoenix, which seems, for us, that'd be great. But I think here they're probably freezing to death. It'll be back to 70 tomorrow, just like probably in Louisiana. By the way, with regards to seeing your family, some people may not realize uh, what a, I guess, somewhat transient career this can be, a head coach in the NBA, and and not always, especially with teenagers, is it, is it feasible or, or viable to to move the family wherever dad may be coaching? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's kind of a special situation for us because uh, we have a son that's a senior, and uh, actually he's going to the same school from first grade all the way up into 12th grade at Scottsdale Christian Academy. So to take him out of that environment and move him for his senior year has been really tough. My wife actually did that. And uh, she, the one thing that she made a promise to our kids is that they they never have to do that. So it's tough to commute back and forth and everything. But, you know, for him, it was a, it's a special year, and we just didn't want to disrupt that at all. Coach, at least on this visit, you won't be hosting an entire basketball team and the staff for a Thanksgiving meal this time around. Well, no, but uh, she 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 really enjoys that kind of stuff and uh, uh, had such a great time doing it. But I thought it was really good, and the environment was great. The weather was perfect for us, so uh, it was good all around. No doubt about that. By the way, nice win last night. Great win, as a matter of fact, at Utah. It was a really nice feeling around the team as we made our way here to Phoenix last night. It was, and I just thought that, you know, that's just an indication where I think we can get to. Obviously, the consistency part it becomes a bit key with that, but I just thought that from start to finish, we played really good basketball, and obviously you're going to hit some peaks and valleys uh, over a 48-minute period, but I just thought we maintained pretty much exactly what we wanted to do, and then our defense was terrific at the end of the game, and we found a way to score baskets. Coach, your defense has been pretty okay here for the last several games, and your desire for them to compete has been there, but to finally be rewarded with a win last night, does that make a difference? Does that now allow them to see more, understand more? Oh, I think you're definitely right, Sean. You know, from the standpoint of, I think it's pretty obvious is when we do the right things, compete at the level that we need to, execute the way we need to, that we have an opportunity to win games. And as I said, I thought that we really were our own worst enemy in so many ways in the close games that we've lost. So to actually be able to play and then see the reward of being able to execute down the stretch and do the right thing and defend, uh, you know, hopefully that'll spill over into the games to come. You and I talk just about every day, and so I love having conversations with you and then hearing what the players have to say and see how they marry up sometimes. It was interesting last night after the game, several of the guys were saying, 
oh, it's just, it's, it's so obvious how good we are and how different we are when we move the ball. And then Ryan Anderson chimed in with, boy, it'll be so great to watch some good film as opposed to some bad film. And so it seemed like there was this, there's been this ongoing sinking in of what you're trying to teach and what they need to do as a team as, as far as playing goes. Well, it, it is, but I think in defense of the players, I think you have to actually experience that and, and live that to understand, you know, it becomes so simple when you do it and the results are there. So, uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, we, we, we've learned from this. Now, it's not going to be 100% smooth the rest of the season, but I think they've got a feel of what we can do when we compete, play together, and have ball movement. The ball movement thing becomes very important for us because when we're stagnant, we're so much easier to guard than when we have ball movement. Coach, what's the, what's the difference between grasping a new concept and maybe even breaking old habits? Is there a mix between the two and what's going on with this team? I, I think there's definitely a mix between the two, but I think for us, we just got to keep drilling in, you know, the new habits and, and, and being able to execute and seeing the results of executing and, and uh, having uh, the correct defensive rotations and things like that and actually experiencing the result of it. So, you know, like today, we'll, we'll watch a, a quite a bit of film on the offensive side of the basketball, seeing uh, what happens when we move the basketball, and then, of course, showing a couple when we don't actually move the basketball. Coach, uh, last night, I get into stats probably too much, but, you know, last night you win by 10 in Utah. You were down at the start of the fourth quarter. It was the first time this season that you guys – have one when trailing after three. Does that have any meaning to you whatsoever? And am I making more of that number than I should? Oh, no, I, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, when you look at, uh, I go back and I look at the fourth quarter because I looked at all of our stats from the fourth quarter and, and they've been abysmal, really. You know, when you think about we're 28th in the league and, and turnovers, we're 28th in the league and, and uh, the field goal percentage. So we have not played well in the fourth quarter. And then you look at last night where we scored 31, give up 15, and the defense was great. Uh, the offense was great. I, I do think that you can see the results of, when you do the right things and play the right way, the end result is that usually you can come away with the win, and that's really important for us as we try to climb back into uh, any resemblance of the playoff race. You know, Coach, we talked about Ryan Anderson a little bit last segment, and then you pointed his play out last night, the way he came off the bench, 13 of 13 at the foul line. I think it was 24 game-high points in the game. He, he has scored for you before. Um, he's had moments already this season, but – what was, a, what was the thing about his play last night that, that made you want to, to single him out, I guess, in, in our postgame visit? Well, I think the one thing that he did last night was that no hesitation. Uh, he either had a shot or he moved the basketball. Uh, and then I think on his cuts, he got himself back out to spacing uh, when it was necessary. And then I thought he did a terrific job in his post-ups last night. Uh, of taking the ball to the basket and scoring, or if he didn't take the ball to the basket, obviously with the 13 foul shots, uh, he got to the foul line and got fouled on his post-ups, which I became, which became great. So, you know, he gets 24 points on 13 shots, and I think any time that you can do that, that's pretty efficient basketball. It's amazing. He was on the floor at the end um, with uh, Drew and Tyreek and Eric and Anthony, and I thought I saw a note last night that if those are – if those are the five finishers that you have in a game, that group, because of the injuries and everything else, have only played collectively, I think, like six minutes together on the floor, which which almost blew me away. I, I you know I knew it was going on, but really six minutes. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and uh, you know that's been the tough thing for us, as I said, not not to make excuses or anything, but 
you know, that is probably going to be the group that we finish uh, the games with quite a bit, uh, you know, in certain situations. And, you know, they, they, they hadn't had the opportunity to play together, not even in training camp. So uh, they're still trying to find themselves, and, and we're trying to figure out where to place guys and do things. But, you know, uh, I just like the fact that, that our guys continue to play and continue to com compete and find a way, you know, like we did last night to, to, you know, to close out a road game, to have a situation where you can actually win it and not talk about how you played up until a certain point. Coach, can you give me a, a player or two that you see as improving right now? Maybe it's just even during this road trip, but somebody who's making some strides and perhaps the corresponding assistant coach on your staff that's helping that player make that move. Well, I think one of the big guys is, uh, I mean, you know, everybody looks at his offense, but I just think that uh, Eric Gordon has made unbelievable strides defensively. He's done a really good job for us, fighting over screens, pulling in when we need for him to do that. Uh, you know, it's been, and, and, and we have a bunch of assistants that will sit down with him. You know, uh, 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 Coach Ehrman does it defensively. Uh, Phil Weber do it offensively, where we sit down and, and then I have a, a opportunity to sit down and talk to the guys individually. But I think Eric has done a great job. Um, I look at Dante Cunningham, and although it doesn't show up on the stat sheets or anything, he's done a terrific job uh, defensively of going in and taking on the best perimeter player defensively. Uh, I see Ryan getting better in that that respect, and uh, you know, obviously AD is improving every game. Uh, we're putting him in situations now, and I think he's really understanding what we need and want from him, and he's coming through for us also. At the risk of calling you and myself both old, I'm thinking back to early in my career, certainly in yours, we didn't have iPads and laptops and you know film on the bench. Oh, you're right about that. How are you? Um, how are you able to balance between showing guys almost immediately film uh, and also making sure that they still have that feel, the feel for it on the floor? Well, what we try to do is that we try to, anything that we watch uh, from a film standpoint, that practice, we try to then go out and work on that particular thing. And uh, it's worked out great for us, but, you know, technology has just been unbelievable. You know, we can take an iPad and show our guys at the end of the game exactly what the other play, the team's going to run from previous games and things like that. So uh, it's just, you know, you can actually see it in, in, in game time situations and not on a chalkboard or anything like that. Here I am to date myself saying a chalkboard, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but on a whiteboard, you know. Uh, but it, I just think technology has been great. You know, the whole analytics part of it and everything gives you information uh, and you can utilize that any way you want to. But I just think it's been terrific uh, for, athlete, for, for athletics in general, I think. Do you like having video and technology on the bench, or someday will the NBA have to say we have some limits here? Well, I don't. I don't think it's good. I don't think they're going to limit it. Obviously, I think you know uh, the actual game type situations that you're in that particular night. Uh, it's a little bit different than football. I think football, you go to the sideline, you know, you can look at it right away. We don't have that kind of situation, but I think for the most part, uh, the scouting that you've done up until that point. Uh, with the team and things like that, I, I, I think is great. I think any uh, advantage that you can have uh, by working a little bit harder or doing something, I think you, you deserve to be able to use that. All right, there you have it. If you'd like to hear the entire Alvin Gentry show from last night, it will be available today on pelicans.com. 
When we come back, a little, uh, again, reminder about the broadcast times for tonight and uh, also for Sunday, and then we'll get you set for Monday Night Football with Monday's Black and Blue Report after this. Fall is here, which means there's a new purpose to get excited about at Smoothie King. It's time to bundle up against the weather outside and give your immune system a little extra support on the inside. At Smoothie King, we're blending our new Immune Builder smoothies to help you stay strong all season long. Fortify your body with more than 2,000% of your daily vitamin C and all-natural immune supporters like vitamins A and E, zinc, and selenium. Try a mixed berry or orange Immune Builder smoothie today. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, ready to wrap things up here on this Friday. Great week on Black and Blue Report. Thanks again, as always, for joining us. We really appreciate you following uh, the podcast. And uh, also by following our Twitter account, you can uh, be up to the moment with regard to our guest list. That's at Black Blue Reports on Twitter. And your Salerson's always maintaining that. Uh, Daniel also reminds me that the uh, Pelicans are 2-0 and this season when playing on ESPN, which is the case again tonight. So hopefully that streak continues. And Daniel will be hosting on Monday. Uh, I'll be traveling back from Denver, Colorado. So Daniel's kind enough to uh, anchor our coverage on Monday morning, and he's got a great show lined up for you to preview Saints and Lions. It includes John DeShazer, of course, from NewOrleansaints.com. Larry Holder as well, columnist for NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune, and uh, all that will be a part of a bigger show on Monday that gets you ready for the action at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. All right, late night tonight from Phoenix, 9.40 tip-off time. Coverage begins at 9 o'clock, both on television and radio, and uh, then we'll be off to Denver, Colorado tomorrow to take on the Nuggets. That's a Sunday game at 7 Central. 7 Central to wrap up the five-game West Coast road trip. Hopefully, hopefully we're talking about a three-game winning streak for the Pelicans when we arrive back in New Orleans on Monday. And uh, so we hope that you have a great weekend. And we say go Saints and go Pelicans as always. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Do